So Speakeasy is starting right this second. Rock. And hello, welcome to Speakeasy. This is a occasional bonus podcast where we play you some stuff that didn't make it into the final cut of our regular show, The Dinner Party Download. But and not because it was bad stuff. No. because Just it's, because it didn't make sense or maybe they said bad words. There are a yeah, lot of reasons. Yeah, you might hear some R-rated language if you're lucky on the show today, people. And then we talk about it, a.k.a. we speak easily about it off script. And I'm Brendan. And I'm Rico. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I should let you know that. Did you, I think the speakeasy is self-apparent. Do we have to? <laughs> yeah. That's okay. Clearly from our disarray, this is a speakeasy. Yeah. Well, we're excited. Thank you for putting us in your ears. Yeah. We know that you have lots of choices, and we're glad you chose our airline. <laughs> we promise not to hurt you. Yeah, it's definitely not the United of Podcasts. We're going to be gentle with you, and we love that you're here. Um. So we have a bunch of clips, right? Yep. Gillian Jacobs came by our show. She's on the television show called Love. And she's awesome. Is it a television show? Hold on. I want to ask. James and Christina, who are in are, the recording room, who are much younger. Guys, is it? would you call it a TV show? What, what do you call it? It's on Netflix. Okay, James Kim, our producer, is saying you can just call it a show. Yep. Christina Lopez, our, our digital producer, said you can just call it a streaming show. And then she said, oh, that sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just call it a show, show then. a streaming show. It's pretty good. And she was on our show. And guess what? Even though she does television and some movies, she is a big fan of public radio, Yay. which is always fun when you have a fellow geek. That's right. And that's why uh, midway through the interview, Brendan kind of asked if uh, he was living up to her expectations for a public radio interview. Yeah. But are there any questions I should ask? Did I do anything wrong? Like, where, did I make any flubs? Should I ask something? Any follow-ups I missed? Mm, what would be a very uh, public radio question? <laughs> uh, um, what, let's see. Let me, what's, what a, be, what's a classically? Gillian. That's Who's that? Pronunciation. Who's that? <laughs> what's that voice? I don't know. I was trying to do classic public radio. Is that classic public radio? I mean, I was just thinking somebody sounded snooty. Where's Steve Inskeep? Where is he? Yeah. I inskeep him in my office. Oh, boy. No, you guys share offices with Marketplace here. We do. I was excited yep. about yep. that. Yep. Uh, you included that clip just so you could get yeah. the inskeep joke totally. on our air. <laughs> you jerk <laughs> face. That's the, only, that's the only reason. How long have you been waiting? You were like, thank you, That Gillian. happened in real time. No, that happened in real time. That happened in real time, <laughs> the inskeep thing. I may have not asked smart questions, but I had Did, that pun. I was thinking about it, you know, like back in his some distant past, he had a, a great relative who was probably an innskeeper, right? Bob Newhart <laughs> was his ancestor. Okay, we have another clip. Oh, my. <laughs> yes, this is a longer clip, uh, I think full of fewer puns, but I, I can never be sure. We were at the South by Southwest Festival, as folks who listen to the show regularly know, and we had a wonderful uh, midday show there as part of a, a, a slew of other podcast live shows that were going on stage there at South by Southwest. And uh, one of our guests was Sashir Zameda who is one of the cast members on Saturday Night Live, has been for several years now, uh, known for her imitations of Beyonce et al. But I don't need to tell you this because I think we have included in the tape our introduction of Sashir Zameda. I was going to say, I yeah. think we introed her, yeah. And uh, I should let you know, though, that you'll hear me introducing her. As I was doing so, she was kind of tentatively tiptoeing onto the stage before I finished my introduction. All right, you've seen her on Saturday Night Live. She's been a cast member since 2014. She is a hilarious and ferocious stand-up comic. And her new stand-up special, Pizza Mine, debuts on the cable channel CISO on March 30th. Please welcome <laughs> Sashir Zameda. 
We like drawing it out as long as possible. I wasn't sure how long it was going to go. Um, so I think people who only know you from SNL might be a little bit surprised at this special. Yeah, I get wild. <laughs> you get wild. <laughs> you, I think you describe yourself as, uh, on SNL, too, you have this cute exterior, but inside you're filled with rage. Your words, yes, not mine. Yes, that's true. Your rage at society, particularly over issues of race. Yeah. Uh, and, but you have a great bit in this special illustrating why it's important to talk about race. And, it, and it's around this roommate you had in college, your Korean roommate. Oh, yeah. She wasn't my roommate, but she lived on my hall um, in the same dorm. She was a foreign exchange student from Korea. Um, and we, yeah, we were just having a conversation, and she kept asking me if I knew certain people. She'd be like, do you know John? And I'd be like, no. And she's like, do you know Shayna? And I'd be like, no. And then like after a while, I started to wonder if she was only asking me if I knew black people. And so I asked her, I was like, are you asking me if I only know black people? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, do you think I know all the black people at this school because I'm black? And she's like, yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> And I was like, you can't do that. That's a stereotype. You could just assume that all the black people at the school know each other. I'd be like, if I assumed that you knew all the Korean people here. And she's like, I do. (laughs) (laughs) We all know each other. And it was good that we kept talking about that. Because if that conversation ended two sentences before that, I would have been like, oh, this racist asshole. (laughs) And then she would have been like, what's wrong with this antisocial black girl? Why doesn't she hang out with her friends? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it, you, you also talk about being part of, again, your words, an, an even smaller minority, which are black nerds. Yeah. Yeah. There's <laughs> <laughs> some black nerds out Got there. some black nerds in the front row. Um, yeah. I grew up as a Jewish nerd. That was, that was pretty hard. <laughs> oh, <it was> so <laughs> hard. <Yeah. laughs> in, it's harder to grow up a non-Jewish nerd. Yeah. <laughs> not, not in West Virginia. Oh, uh, that that, shut that you changes up. everything. <laughs> like that guy had a hard life, hard life. But the question being, can you tell? I'm sure you must have anecdotes from like growing up as a as a black nerd. I mean, you there know? was just like you know the usual being called an Oreo, like black on the outside, white on the inside. Mm-hmm. People making fun of the way I talk and. Yeah, I just and pretty much all the not all, but most of the activities I did when I was younger, I, I was one of a couple black people. There's always like a lot of white people or Asian people. Your, your name is I, your name was actually it came from a Star Trek episode. Yeah, it That's comes from a, a Star Trek episode, and the title of the episode is by any other name. Isn't that cute? Oh, it was about but, a rose because uh, Captain Kirk was flirting oh, right. with this alien princess, and he gave her a rose, and she goes, "Oh, we have something like this on my planet." except it's made out of crystal, and it's called Sashir. My parents were like, yes! <laughs> That's it! <laughs> Your parents were watching Star Trek? Yeah, so yeah, they're Trekkies. They're, they're so into it. But I know that you, you had a hard time with that name for a while. Yeah, because I, when I told people the origin of my name, they would make fun of me <laughs> and be like, oh, your parents are nerds. <laughs> so I would like lie and make up different definitions for my name and be like, oh, it's a crystal from... Far away. (laughs) (laughs) Don't look it up. (laughs) If you were ever to have a family, would you want them to be nerds? Like growing up a nerd, does does it make you want to have a nerd child, or would you? Or do you want to have a cool kid and save them the hassle? Well, I mean, nerds are cool. So now they are. Now they are. Yeah, I feel like they always have been. But but yeah, being being like nerdy about something you're passionate about is always really cool. I love when people get obsessed with something. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, I would would want my kids to be nerds about something, whatever they're into. I would love them to feel the freedom to be able to express it however they want. And get wedgies. 
Yeah. Do people <laughs> do that I still? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they did. They did. <laughs> wow, we're learning a lot about you. Today, <laughs> All right, well, let's have some etiquette questions that were submitted for you from mm -hmm. our audience. Uh, this first one comes from Peter in Arlington, Virginia. Peter writes, I bought a small dinner table for our apartment. I'm fine with sharing it with my roommate, but he's been leaving more and more stuff on his side of the table, like his laptop or used Q-tips. I have no clue what he used them for. Yeah. How do I tell him I'd like the dinner table to be used as a dinner table and not his personal study? Why is there a question about what the Q-tips are used for? <laughs> that was just, Probably was his just ears, I would hope. Let's hope. You think he's in the... Never mind. He, uh, could, be <laughs> he could be cleaning his laptop. You know? Oh, oh that's yes. true. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. probably what he's doing. Right. That would be better, actually. <laughs> that's probably what he's doing. Um, well, I would say that Peter should just propose in a way that would benefit the, the household. We should keep this space clear for when we have guests and when we want to eat. And I don't know, he can just even be like, it's a self-care thing where I really want to make this, this area of our home a place where we eat and commune and, and have focus, but when there's clutter and when there's laptops and work, it makes my, my head cluttered. That feels very grown up and direct, but what if you just like left a copy of the life-changing magic of tidying up like it's under his pillow his. or something? <laughs> That's right. I, one time, I was really bad at doing dishes. Still am, but I live alone. Uh -huh. uh, and my <laughs> so no one cares. <laughs> yeah, no one cares. But my roommate, one time, I went to bed uh, after being out late, and all the dishes were in my bed. <laughs> it was kind of like, and I you got it. Yeah, did you get it? Get the message. <laughs> yeah. So maybe um, maybe Peter could put the laptop and use Q-tips. Maybe he doesn't want to go in this guy's bed, though, as I'm saying. Yeah, maybe it's worse in the bedroom. <laughs> maybe the bedroom's even worse. All right, here's something from Jay in L.A. And Jay asks, Is it okay to ask a great impressionist I run into to do a quick version of, say, Rihanna or Beyonce? I promise it can be quick. Well, I mean, I think it's... Uh, not, most comedians don't love being asked to just perform on cue. Because yeah. <laughs> we're not, like, dogs. <laughs> Um, you know, I was like asking a doctor, can you look at this? And you're like, at a party, <laughs> like, <laughs> at a funeral. And they're like, yeah, I'm busy right now. Um, I've done shows at like stand-up clubs before. And, and this is, I talk about this in the special too, because like people see SNL and just know me from that, which is great. I want them to know that, know me from that. Uh, but then will like expect me to like do SNL or like be SNL. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't really know what that means, but... I did a show at a stand-up club, and this woman came up to me afterwards who was in the audience, and she was like, oh, that was great, but I was really hoping for our impressions. And I was like, oh, I just chose to do stand-up in this stand-up club. <laughs> God help you. That's what this is for. <laughs> and she's like, I know, but I just really wanted to see, like, Beyonce or Nicki Minaj. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, maybe next time. That's what I said. But what I wanted to say was, Aw, I was hoping for more impressions. <laughs> That's my impression of you. <laughs> you right. And the sick question, you probably would have made her day. I mean, I, if I did that, she probably would have been like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> she did me. <laughs> All right, uh, we have a question from Robbie, who, quote, wishes he were in Austin. Robbie writes, when I'm at South By or another festival with back-to-back -back concerts at a standing room-only venue, is it all right to sit down between sets in the middle of the floor? 
I want to rest my legs and hold my excellent spot in a crowded room, but I realize I'm more of an obstacle that way. Mm. This is like when the crowd's clearing out and they're changing the sets for a new band. Every I mean, I get band. if you're like there early, I guess, yeah, you get you get the spot you want. But don't be in the middle of the floor. <laughs> like, like just lying down? Just like, yeah, that is inconvenient for other people. <laughs> a little bit. Move forward or to the side. Or put a blanket down? I don't know. Just someone. No, you can put a blanket down. <laughs> have two if I saw a blanket, a blanket, I'd be like, oh, clearly someone's there. But if there's like a person on the floor, like cross-legged, I'd just be like, um, this weird. Have two people hold the blanket. You could use it as a hammock. <laughs> That'd be pretty sweet. Here's something from Liz in Boston. Liz says, I sometimes go out for pizza with a guy who doesn't eat the crust. Capital letters, I know. <laughs> There's no allergy to speak of. I think it's a habit from childhood, like, ooh, crusts are gross or something. <laughs> anyway, to me, it seems like a slight to the restaurant, which is all about its dough. That's a, that's a very conscientious person. And also, also, it's pretty wasteful. Should I bring this up? For the record, I do sometimes eat his crust, but I can't be a superhero every day. <laughs> Top what that. What a martyr. Yeah. <laughs> Liz, the crust eater. Well, if she wants to bring it up, she can. It sounds like she's the type of person who would just bring up things like this <laughs> yeah. anyway. Yeah. I feel like people should be able to eat however they want. Um, if you don't want to eat the crust, don't eat the crust. Yeah. I know mm -hmm. people who like pull the cheese off or like dab the na their napkins on. That's the, nas the nastiest thing visually for me to see when they dab <laughs> I a napkin that. on a pizza and there's like grease. It just like yellow and see through. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> I do that. I do that. I also get it because you don't want all that in your stomach. But yeah, you just don't police people on how they eat. Just eat however you want to eat the pizza. And I think the <laughs> only good. dough the pizza place cares about is the dough you gave them to get the pizza. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, I don't think they, they're they too concerned. They got your money. They don't I care like, what part I of like the pizza you eat. Yeah. Liz is so sympathetic. She's thinking about the pizza guy. He's like, they never eat my crust. The modern foodie. They don't care. I learned from, um, I don't know, some cartoon or something when I was younger that sandwiches were created to like guard your hand. Like people were like eating meat with like gloves. So <laughs> with then, meat gloves? So someone was like, you know what? Instead of gloves, let's put two pieces of bread on each side and that will guard our hands from like the meat. grease and stuff and the uh -huh, meat juice. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I, I don't know if this logic applies to pizza crust, but I think it's like a, you know, a way for us to hold oh. it easier. So mm -hmm. if you don't eat it, I don't, it's okay because it's a utility. It wasn't oh. intended. <laughs> it's, like it's, a there we go. it's not food. It's a tool. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we, want, we can do one last question maybe from someone in the audience. Does anyone have an etiquette yes. question? Here we go right yeah, here. Right up front. Uh, this always happens to me, but getting stuck in a conversation with someone uh, that you don't know, you don't re you're not really interested in what they're talking about, so how do you politely like slide out? That never <laughs> happens at South question. by Southwest, let me tell you. <laughs> I've, uh, I've been getting better at this because, yeah, I'll get caught in conversations after shows or whatever, and usually, if it's a stranger, I'll just like be, like reintroduce us and be like, what was your name again? And they say it, and they're like, oh, so nice to meet you. And then that's like a clear indicator that this is ending. <laughs> I like that. And yeah. then you go. <laughs> that's what she did to us when we met this year before the show. Now I know what happened. It's like, Brendan, great. See you later. <laughs> All right. Well, in that case, this year, right? Yeah. yeah. Great to meet you. Telling you to go? <laughs> Well, Shut that was it. it. That's the end of yeah. our segment. Oh, so unfortunately, this was me. so much fun. It thank was so you. much fun. Thank Please you Please check out Pizza Mind. It's really, really funny. On it's CISO. on CISO. March 30th. Thank, thank you, Sajir. Thank you very much. <laughs>
There you have it. Sashir Zameda. It's a clever strategy. Yes. Uh, we didn't. We couldn't include that on the regular cut of our show because you might have heard there were some technical difficulties in that recording, but uh, it was a wonderful show, and she's awesome. I kind of like it. It kind of sounds raw. You know, it yeah. kind of sounds like authentic, like demos, like <laughs> the Sashir demos. It's lo-fi? I don't know. I just think there's a certain uh, je ne sais quoi. Ah. That's the best you've ever pronounced a foreign word on <laughs> our show. Yeah, that's because we're not doing something for broadcast. So now I'm just... <laughs> yeah. Uh, if we just chill, we can get it and you could probably speak another language. That's right. Um, she was wonderful and people she should was. check out Pizza Mind. Also, Pizza Mind, we never covered with her during the uh, chat why it's called Pizza Mind. Oh, yeah. it's and a good she has reason. a bit in it where she feels like people say America's a melting pot. I think of America as a pizza. Yes. And like there's this pizza with the toppings are distinct, but they work well together. And it's yeah. actually the the whole thing isn't really a classic comedy uh, routine. It's really actually kind of a lecture. And it's yeah. fascinating about race and uh, yeah. identity in, in modern America. And so yeah. I recommend people check it out. Uh, and it's there on CISO. So if you're a subscriber, go head to that right now. And uh, by the way, just something that I want to point out, though, you know, we were talking, there was a lot of talk there about nerds and and the difficulty mm. of being a nerd. And she was like, you know, being a, nerd, being a nerd is cool. And I was like, well, now it is. And she's like, well, it always was. That's only something a young person would say. That young people don't understand. You're, are you, as a pioneering nerd, as a <laughs> pioneering was, nerd, you want to remind those people that... I don't know. There were probably nerds before me, like in the 40s and stuff, yeah. but I don't think it was always easy being a nerd in America. Wow. So what you're saying, you, you're, you want people, you want them to teach proper nerd history in schools? I guess so that's what can... I'm saying. I guess that we mm. need to, because I think people get the wrong idea. It's like they look at, uh, at Bill Gates and they're like, oh, there's a guy saving the world. Back in the day, he could have tried to save the world as much as he wanted. He'd still get pantsed. And was wait, what is pants? Oh, going down with the pants. I always yeah. think of nerds like wedgies going up with the pants. Yeah, well, we already covered um, wedgies earlier in the conversation. So no, I know that, I but be... like, I can't get them out of my mind. <laughs> Sorry, this is my fault. I nev- I've never given or received a wedgie, though, just for the record. Okay, that's nice. You were one of the cool kids, though, in, co- in high school, right? I don't know if I was a cool kid. I was in the middle. Okay. I was like fleet of tongue. Like, I could talk fast enough to not get beat up, um, and somehow I navigated the, the wilds of public school. But... See, I could talk fast enough to get beat up. <laughs> <laughs> I said just enough to get beaten right I up. I wouldn't have beaten you up. That, oh, thanks, man. <laughs> um, All right. Here's our next clip and final clip. We talked to a gentleman named Danny Boyle. He made the movie Train Spotting, of course, based on the Irvin Welsh book, and also the new film, Train Spotting 2 which is surprisingly amazing, I have to say. The sequel to this movie, which is now coming out 20 years after the first one, I did not expect it to be good. I've heard that. Some people say it's better than the original Train Spotting. I think that that may be true, although I will also say that it's about aging. So now as an older person, mm-hmm. I feel like, oh, they get me. That's your second old reference. Yeah. Uh, and Rico, you're not that old, man. Thanks, I, man. I think, I, I, think it's in your, I think it's in your head a little bit. I think you just like... I had no. this is this is true. I had a, a physical this my annual you know Wait, checkup. Uh-oh. This, this is this getting week. now you're sounding old no, again. No, that's fine. But my my doctor said you don't look your age, and that's good when your doctor well, says that. Well, that's true. You don't look your age. What's Thanks. remarkable about Rico? Not only does he not look his age because he's seventy four years old. I am seventy eight years old. But what's interesting is he's you've lived in Los Angeles for a long time, right? For like yeah. twenty years almost. I should be leathery by now from all the sun. That's me. Your face is crazy, not cracked. <laughs> like you should look like the thing. And yet you don't, and that's yeah. the weird part. Your face is like shiny. That's the like, gin. Like 
What is that? The gin is creating <laughs> blossoms that push out against. Is that the blue? Is that the blue from the television screen that keeps your skin like that? Maybe that's or it. Or is it the nutter butters at three in the morning? What is the treatment <laughs> that keeps your face not cracked? Here's the Rico Galliano key to <laughs> eternal youth: nutter butters, gin. You too could look weeping. You too could look sixty, even though you're seventy-four. All right, let's play the Danny Boyle thing. So yeah, Danny Boyle. Um, so this will be the last thing we play. This is Danny at the end of our interview, and we couldn't include this in the regular interview, which you should all check out. We, you know, the original Train Spotting soundtrack was one of the great landmark musical moments of the 90s. And I asked him on the new soundtrack what song he was most into. And he uh, talked about a song by a band that we've actually had on the show. So let's listen to it. And uh, that'll be it for us. We'll play. Is you that out it? We're music. not talking afterwards. I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. Oh, it ends on a song. So we want to go out yeah. on the song. We'll probably do a little talk on top of the song. Okay, but right. if we if we don't if you don't get if we don't get a chance to do that, goodbye everybody. Yes, or maybe you'll hear from us again. You'll never know. You'll have to listen to the end. What song on the new film soundtrack were you most excited to use, and why? And maybe we can go out on that song. Oh, you should play the brand new one. There's a uh, brand new song written for the film by a young band called Young Fathers. Oh yeah, from Scotland. Yeah, they, well they come from the same estates, Muirhouse, that um, our own Edinburgh that Irving Welsh came from, and was writing his original book about twenty five mm-hmm. years ago. And these guys weren't even alive then, and we used them in the film. We used three or four of their existing tracks in the movie, which just seemed to fit hand in glove. They're a perfect fit. And they 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 turned up to the set, and they weren't, you know, they're rock stars or hip hop stars or whatever you want to call them. But they were, they, you know, they weren't very impressed with me showing them around everywhere. And I thought I'd blown it really. But then a few days later, they sent in this song that they had sort of given us for the show, and it's called Only God Knows. And when you put music in film, you kind of tire of it after a while because you've listened <laughs> to it so many times, you know, in, 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 in getting the film ready and showing the film. But I've never tired of this song. I really haven't. It's a wonderful song, and we play out the movie on it.
it's really a cool song. You should. It's okay. quite a long one, but you should listen to it. It gets cooler and cooler. And didn't we have the Young Fathers on for a soundtrack? We did, and they were fantastic. They didn't right. give a. I remember it was a very politically aware set of songs they'd play at a dinner party, and they said they wanted to do that so that maybe younger people would get into politics. So perhaps when you're done listening to this podcast. Which is based this episode of Speakeasy, which is basically our response to S Town. You can then go to our website and listen to the Young Fathers. Watch out, S Town. Speakeasy is coming at you. That was the original. That was the S and R S Town. That's right. Thanks everybody for listening, and uh, I guess we should put. Let's just pop this music back up. We can just end with the Young Fathers. Let's rock Going it. Going up right here.